This is something I think about anytime, basically, I watch a high school movie because they're so click-focused, all these movies. But did clicks exist, like, in movies for you guys in your high school? Was there, like, a very distinct, like, oh, these are jocks and these are nerds, these are band geeks and these are blah, or was it all kind of intermixed to a degree? There were friend groups, but it wasn't like the eating disorder kids and the goth kids. And, you know, it wasn't like popular <laughs> yes. kids. There were kids like the super popular kids and then like tier tier two, I guess, popular kids, you know. And then there were definitely kids that were like super nerdy that kept themselves. And But it wasn't it wasn't so clearly defined that everybody had certain. I don't know, just yeah. people were friends. And I haven't seen too many high school movies that pull that off. Like, they always kind of divert to, like, you know, clickiness. Right. The Mean Girls. Yeah. You have Lizzie Kaplan, and then you have the Rachel McAdams. Yeah. The ne- never will they be friends. Right. And I would not be caught dead hanging out with you, or it's suicide to my social life, like, being seen with you at lunch or whatever. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? I take that back. I mean, I watched uh, Olivia Wilde's Booksmart recently, which I thought was, like, a pretty fun high school comedy. I like that one. And... Yeah, and that one actually, I would say that has a pretty good mix of like kids, because like the uh, like the vice president, whatever of like the student government was like this popular jock, but he hmm. wasn't like a stereotype. He kind of ends up being like a little bit of like a shithead character, but like it wasn't like how you typically see them. You know what I mean? I like well, he my high school w- was more like society. So I was, you know, the one guy wondering why everybody else seemed to be, you know, hanging around together. I was the one outsider. (laughs) Shunting. Large orgies. And never inviting me. Mm -hmm. I see. Interesting. Um, Mm. But yeah, actually, I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I guess this one, the movie we're talking about today, I'll introduce myself and we'll get into it. My name is Greg. This is the weekly podcast, Massacre. Uh, We are right deep into our uh, back-to-school month here for August, uh, we choose a fun theme every single month and uh, pick horror movies that fit that theme and discuss them. And here to discuss these movies with me, I have two co-hosts who will go ahead and introduce themselves now. I'm Michael from Portland, but everyone calls me Murphy. I'm Kill. Hi. Yeah, hello. Today, we are discussing a movie I was very, very excited to finally watch for the first time. Uh, 1998's The Faculty, directed by Robert Rodriguez. And, yeah. Um, yes, A.K.A. The I Feelers. <laughs> the bad name. Okay. That was well, the actually, original not, title. Uh, that's not a bad name. I like the. I think The Faculty is a perfect title, though. Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty great. Yeah. But The Feelers is not terrible. Um, I was going to say, though, I think this movie does an okay job at, like, addressing that click issue and then kind of, like, playing around with it and putting these different characters together. And um, we'll get into it, but I think it does an interesting thing with, like, the stereotype, high school stereotypes at times. It it probably is one of the better ones yeah. that, that is able to show so many different kind of social circles and then bringing them together. Like, break them down, essentially. Yeah. Right. With the, yeah. And that's like a, a body snatcher story is like a really good way to do that, I'd say. Um, with like it's almost like light commentary on the it, Breakfast yeah. Club of horror movies. That's true. I saw that as a, like, listed as an influence a lot. Um, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I feel like I, I've been making these big 
like confessions a lot lately, but I've never seen The Breakfast Club. Wow. Yeah. I think I've seen maybe I can't remember. I've seen two John Hughes movies. I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I didn't. I thought it was fine. Like I didn't love it. I thought Charlie Sheen was really funny in it. Um, I mean, he's I, great. He's not acting though. That's just that's, him. Yeah, absolutely. And I really liked. Um, uh, what is the guy that plays Cameron? Je- Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> Jones is great. I mean, he, he's a kind of a shit shit bag, but kind he's of a great actor. No, he's an awful person, but he was a very entertaining actor. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, but um, no, Alan Ruck. I like Alan Ruck a lot. I used to watch a ton of yeah, Spin oh, yeah. City, and so I have really. Oh, I did for, too. Yeah, great show. I love Spin City. Um, and then I recently watched Weird Science, and I didn't really love that either. It was it was fine. I had some moments, but like. It was yeah. So I don't wow. I don't know if I'm a John. Is that the one with guy. Kelly LeBrock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's insane. It's it's out of its goddamn mind. Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about some other influences for this movie? Maybe. Absolutely, please. Yes. Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Thing are pretty obvious mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Maybe some Terminator, Breakfast Club, Stepford Wives. That's what it's been um, mentioned as. The Puppet I'm Masters off, gets a sorry. direct reference, even though it was the story yep. and not the movie we covered. <laughs> uh, there's a part where, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frodo and Jordana Brewster, they pull a blue velvet and they oh, hide in yeah. a closet and then like peek through. That's true. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like, this was positioned at when it came out, like directly in the marketing, they basically call it this, but as like the sci-fi scream is how it was like sort of pushed at audiences yeah. and it did not totally work. I don't know if this was like a complete failure, but it definitely did not meet like their expectations that like Miramax had for it because like they went all out on this movie for marketing. They like there's so many you can find so many magazine covers with the casts and like um like full page like Tommy Hilfiger spreads like of them wearing jeans and all that shit and like it just all the posters like mention Kevin Williamson's name in huge letters with Robert Rodriguez. Like, you know, they really thought this was going to be like a cultural phenomenon, like Scream was. I'm sure because there is like the Tommy Hilfiger, like the one character is wearing a shirt, and like yeah. every time you look at him, it's just right there. Yeah. So Williamson obviously wrote this and was supposed to direct, but he was too busy with his other project, teaching Mrs. Tingle. Have you guys seen that one? And where does that stand compared to this movie? Had never heard not. of it before I did research for this movie. Really? Yeah. It's a it's another dark teenage movie. I don't think it's... Seems like I it's... feel like it has that very... Maybe it has the dude from 7th Heaven, like the older brother from 7th Heaven, I feel like. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. think they kill the teacher or something. It's got Helen Mirren in it, Katie Holmes. Oh, wow. Barry Watson, it Molly That's Ringwald, Barry Watson, Jeffrey yeah. Tambor. It's uh, I definitely remember this cover now that I'm looking at it, like with them all black and white with the red apple. But uh, no, I never saw this. I remember seeing it, and not particularly caring for it. The late nineties mm. were so full of like those ing movies, like ing then a name, like Finding Forrester, Jared. Uh, yeah disturbing behavior disturbing behavior i feel like that, specifically though i'm talking about like uh what do you call that and not an adverb what is that type of word called 
uh but that that and then like a name you know what i mean like okay i the only one i can pull right now is finding forester but i swear there's a million other ones um anyway uh yeah so he wrote this he wrote this based on another it was already a pre-existing script and i i I think he was brought in to to rewrite it and then like he added a ton of characters that were more hip i guess is, is the language i saw and it shows because there are so many fucking characters in this movie like yeah they they really like we could spend the whole podcast just like listing just the introducing names of the them characters yes right yeah let's i'm gonna do that a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna cover some of the, the more important people and then the other ones i'll go and introduce as they go along but like we have robert patrick as coach joe willis piper laurie as karen olsen um baby uh, how do you uh, bebe newer newworth <laughs> i just I'm realized sure. i'm yeah, saying baby. her name for the first time um, as Bebe. Principal Valerie Drake, like we have kids. Daniel Daniel von Bargen as Mr. John Tate, and he's an actor I really love, like from Malcolm in the Middle. He's great. I was obsessed mm-hmm. with that show, and like he plays Commandant Spangler, and he's fantastic in it. He shows up in. in Didn't he um, kill himself? I think he did. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Uh, complications to diabetes, and then he yeah. yeah. Yeah, really too bad. But he he was such a great character. He was actor. always fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Even this, he doesn't have a lot of lines in this, but he's he makes the most of it. Yeah. Um, then of course we have our kids. We have Elijah Wood as Casey Connor, Clea Duvall as Stokes, uh, Stokely Stokes Mitchell, uh, Laura Harris as Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson, Josh Hartnett as from Steve Atlanta. Taylor. Uh, really? Like from the show Atlanta? Well, that's what. Well, no, that's what she always says. Oh, I'm Mary uh, Beth from Atlanta. I was going to say, oh, she in Atlanta? That's weird. That's weird that she's in that. But okay, yes. No. <laughs> she's from Canada originally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Salma Hayek as Nurse Rosa Harper. John Stewart as Professor Edward Furlong. Nice Terminator 2 reference there. There's that mm-hmm. Terminator 2. Um, Famke Johnson as Elizabeth Burke. Georgina Brewster as Delilah Prophet. Whew, and then some other people will pop in here and there <laughs> as we go along. Uh, but this is yeah, interesting because uh, Jillian Anderson turned down the role of Valerie Drake. That would have been awesome. So she could have been, yeah. And the uh, principal, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, and Jessica Alba auditioned for Delilah, and Sherilyn uh, Fenn was actually the first hmm. choice to play the principal. Um, but and then wow. Delilah was written. The character was originally written for Charisma Carpenter, uh, but she turned that down, and because the, she thought the role was too similar to Cordelia from Buffy, and uh, also Sarah Michelle Gellar turned down a role in this movie as well. I mean, they they knew what they were doing casting. I don't think any of those are bad choices for this movie, but I think everyone in it does a fine job. Like. All those performances are pretty good in this, um, and are exactly what they kind of need to be. So, yeah, um, I, Jordana Brewster is kind of flat. I think she's fine. Much from her, yeah. I think it's her first. I think she ends up being maybe the flattest character writing wise, and I, I kind of have a mm. beef with her character in general. So I, we'll we'll get into that. Um, but this was my first time watching it. Uh, sounds like you guys have seen this plenty of times but what is your kind of history with this did you guys see it when it came out or was it something you came to later no when it came out i remember spinning that dvd quite a few times yeah always enjoying it back in the day 
you know, you got high schoolers doing drugs. <laughs> I, you know, I want it to be like them. Sure. I liked it when it came out. I remember renting it. I don't remember how many times. Maybe I saw it on TV, too. I feel like I had seen it multiple times. But, um, yeah, I always liked it. Um, and then, again, it was one of those that none of my friends really cared for. So it was something that I had to right. watch by myself. <laughs> and uh, I, in adulthood, I really appreciate it. Just watching it now and trying to pay attention to little things to talk about on this here podcast. I was just, I was very impressed with it. I think it's, I think it's a lot better than it's uh, given credit for. There's a lot of mm-hmm. good small details in this. Yeah, yeah. That really jumped out at me. Um, I watched it twice because one, because I just wanted to make sure with, with how many characters there were, I was so distracted watching the first time just trying to fucking note down all the actors and people showing up for cameos and things like that and then like i was like i had to just watch it again one because i need enjoy to enjoy it but two yeah two yeah. i actually did enjoy the first watch so much i was like i don't care watching this again immediately yeah so i uh they do something in this and i think it is it is wonderful with as many characters as we have that they literally will do freeze frame yes name that was very much appreciated yeah of all of the high school students because all the teachers you're like oh chemistry nurse he teaches history football but the you know the actual kids who are calling up each other yeah is more important to like catch distinctly how many teachers like what was the student to teacher ratio there because it seemed like there was one science teacher the one coach (laughs) you know like there was just like one teacher in each and then there were a couple like teachers that you'd see in the background we don't know what they did yeah but then but like then coach... the, the, the school itself seemed like there were hundreds of students yeah it's like a, it's supposed to be a small town in ohio but it, like there's so many kids here but you're right one teacher for everything and yeah like uh the coach is like also coaching swim it seems like yeah because he's yeah. standing around at the I, pool i started yeah. laughing at that <laughs> well he's um, just the gym teacher the, right. Was that not like your? But he's also the, specifically the football coach too. Like, well, right. Well, they. Don't, I don't know. Well, I, maybe it was just the school I went to, but we like our our swim coaches and the swim teachers were very distinct from like the regular gym, who were very distinct from yeah. like, the football team. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were like two. We had two gym teachers. Well, more than that, right. I think there were three or four gym teachers. But yeah, there were like three or four actual gym teachers, and then there was there was a, two swim coaches. There was you know people who did the football coach they were completely different people as well like yeah they were all different yeah um also in my, in my huge list of cast people i forgot to mention uh sean hatosi hadassi as stan rosado uh he completely slipped by me <laughs> so uh yeah he's also in this movie um i think we should start getting into the plot and you can discuss some of this stuff as we uh get into details yeah so yeah, directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, f- hot off of From Dusk Till Dawn, easily the the least Robert Rodriguez movie I've seen. Uh, it's it still got some crazy camera work that he is kind of known for, but no Danny Trejo in this movie, which was a shock. Like mm. you, you can't put him in there as like a Spanish teacher or something, you know? I would have loved to see Danny Trejo in this. Uh, but uh, we start out immediately with uh the offspring playing which is a, a band that they were they cameoed in idle hands and i think i mentioned that i have a soft spot for them from my childhood so that was nice so to much rock and roll oh yeah like yeah late 90 rock and roll it's it's uh it actually works 
really well in this movie as well. I thought like Agreed. with how cringy some of these soundtracks can get for these movies, like this one had a pretty decent selection. Uh, and it had some good, uh, what do you call like covers, covers of older of classic, songs, yeah, like the I'm, Pink I'm Floyd, not, yeah, not terrible covers, like actually okay covers, yeah. Uh, so we begin with uh, Joe, uh, Coach Joe Willis. Uh, immediately, like the first line of the movie is, "You call that blocking, you pussy pukes." He is just tearing into the football team. Uh, more toxic football culture, just like carry to the rage, rage carry to. Um, so he is uh, yelling at the team. He's giving Stan a bunch of shit, telling him he's got to get his head in the game for for you know the upcoming match against their rivals or whatever. Uh, he after the practice finishes, he notices a broken sprinkler. Right, that's what goes on here, and he like slaps down on it. He's it's a so really angry weird at it. Yeah. yeah, but it's a really weird dynamic like way to start this movie. He's doing something really odd like that just right up the bat. Uh, he's well, approached... it shows it's like, the water, the emotion, yeah. the emotion, well, and then not that, but no, that, I guess yeah. twofold, yeah. Um, that someone's going around breaking water sprinklers or doing something with water, yeah. Uh, but yes, also the emotion, the rage, right? That's a great point. It shows you mm-hmm. what he's like right before, because he's immediately taken over. Uh, we he gets approached by somebody from behind. He turns around. She goes, "What?" Like it's a <laughs> great little indignant moment. Um, I really love Robert Patrick as an actor, and weirdly, he's been talked about a lot here uh, in my life because my my brother uh, got a new job recently working at um, a Harley Davidson like location to help selling parts, and Robert Patrick is the owner of that location. So my brother works for Robert really? Patrick. Yes, that's, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, and says that like. He's a very weird, spaced out old man at this point. Like talking to him is very oh. strange, and like he clearly just Love like it. does not give any attention to like employees or other people. He's just off in his own world, doing his own thing. Um, <laughs> nothing terrible yet. Nothing like oh, he called me, you know, a maggot and like slapped me around like he does these students. But like uh, you know, so nothing like that, thankfully. But um, just yeah, we're just weird. He's been popping up he's been talked about a lot and like uh in your life yes yeah. but i think he's fantastic i think he's such a good actor he's one of my favorite parts of the sopranos he plays such a great like wormy character in that and it's just when they of... take all the stuff out of yes his, uh like the sporting goods store yeah. yeah um so uh and he's really good in this he's very he's genuinely threatening at times and his great like imposing presence uh so then we cut to the teachers having like a staff meeting with uh, Valerie Drake telling everyone that she's making budget cuts everywhere and everyone's going to be losing things like no field trips, no school, no musical theater, no new computers. And everyone's really bummed out about this, but she's trying to tell them like, I'm sorry. Like, I know it's frustrating. She does a good job of playing like this, like typical bureaucrat kind of, but imbuing it with like some sort of she understands that this sucks for the teachers you know i kind of mm-hmm. appreciate it it's it's like a slightly more nuanced principal character not like a hard-ass disciplinarian who yeah. only cares about saving money it's like she has have you not seen care. baby yeah. north and other things i don't think i have no this is the, i think it's the first thing i've seen her in i have i just can't recall frazier obviously cheers jumanji that's yeah. how i remember her that's oh, right i mean Juman- i remember okay yes yes too, yeah. right right 
Yeah. Okay, Jumanji. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that like totally clicked. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, I I liked her in this. Yeah, I thought she did a really good job. And like, uh, this is where we meet. Um, third week in a row, we have a Carrie actor in our mm-hmm. movie. We have Piper Laurie as Karen Olsen. I wish she had more She's to do because so I love Piper good Laurie in this movie. She is though. Even in her really small part, she is awesome. And like, this is the first time I've seen her play a character that's not like either one weird and fucked up like in Carrie or two like conniving and like backstabbing like in Twin Peaks like she's playing kind of like uh dittering and like sort of like spacey a little bit like she yeah she's really really good in this um and then it turns into like ice cold menace oh yeah exactly a little bit that you get to see her with the transformation so we'll get to that so coach willis comes in after the teachers leave and he (laughs) asks for a pencil and like Drake is just like, what are you talking? What the hell? Like what? And he's also like, you look very pretty today. Um, mm-hmm. And she just doesn't really have time for this and dismisses him. So she like gives him a pencil, and he immediately grabs her hand and fucking stabs the pencil through it. This is five minutes into the movie, and we have a pretty awesome like moment of practical like gore here. Uh, so she scratches his face with her keys. Uh, he says, "I've always wanted to do that." As she runs out. Uh, she sees Mrs. Olsen outside, like, the locked doors who came back to get her grading book. They they fumble with the doors. We have another Terminator 2 reference when he sprints down the hall doing the same T-1000 run. T-1000. Oh, yeah. Um, a pair of scissors end up out there somehow, like, he kicks them under the door. He, oh, he comes after the scissors. They get kicked under the door. She gets out and closes them on him. But when she turns around... Uh, Mrs. Olsen fucking stabs her with the scissors in like a probably I imagine is a carry reference or stabbing right um so yeah then we uh cut to the next day when all the students are arriving at school this is Harrison High is that what it is right um Harrington Harrington High uh we have like this GTO Cadillac pulls up and we, we meet Zeke played by Josh Hartnett with the worst haircut I've seen on a character oh my in some God. time. It's written That's down my main here complaint. too. Horrible haircut. Yeah. It's a 1970 yeah. Pontiac GTO. Pontiac. I said it's a cool car. Yes, yes. It is very cool. Um, yeah. He he definitely is that... It's such a weird character that they have him play. He's yeah. a genius, like, slacker, uh, Chemist? drug dealer. Yeah. The, like, right. scientist. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Yeah, to give him... Yeah, the, like the stupidest haircut, and the thing it's that like it wouldn't be bad if those parts didn't stick out towards. That's the you know what yes, I think exactly. It, to me, it looks like he towel dried his hair, and then just left it like yeah. that, and so then the ends like kind of curled out in certain places. My friend used yeah. to do that, but he it's had so like thinning hair, so he looked like you know how Einstein's hair was all over the place. Like that's what my friend's <laughs> hair looked like. He looked insane. I love it. He should have done Zeke's hair for this movie. Um your friend uh but uh he (laughs) so he he pulls up in school and then uh we meet uh elijah wood as casey he immediately gets like knocked down and then a bunch of people just like pick him up and ram his crotch into the flagpole which i thought was a pretty hilarious (laughs) way to establish that he gets it's one of the most memorable things i have from this movie yes yeah is that like i i remember that and then at the very end he sees (laughs) it happening to someone else so you know 
things he's, have gone back to normal, yes. but he has changed his status. Yeah. Um, I want to say too, I just, I love the way they established, like, I know I, the first time I watched this was so confusing and I thought it was like set up for something else. But the second time I got, it was just establishing like the emotions going around at school, but you have like just mm-hmm. random students getting into fist fights in the background and shit. Like there's like another car that pulls up and you just have like, get the fuck out of the yeah. car. And like, someone's like, and then it's like women like fighting over this car. Like it's, and it, that's not characters we know. They're nobody we return to. They're just like, I think it's just to establish that like the school is like full of like teens with raging hormones and fights and right. emotions. Right. You and know that contrasting there's that, that with couple, later. there's that couple that they, they're called like fuck you girl and fuck you boy. Yeah. And the guy is, what is yeah. his name? John Abraham or something. He was in um, yeah. scary movie. And then summer Phoenix plays the, the girl in that couple. Yeah, they're credited at the end. They get their little like title cards, even though they don't don't really do anything in the movie. I think they're just around to establish like emotion. But there's also characters over. completely cut out of this movie, right? I think I was seeing like there's a there was another character um, that was like is only in, exists in one shot of the movie now, who is supposed to be a main character mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think Summer Phoenix had ouch. a line at one point yeah. that was cut too if i'm not mistaken but yeah there was another yeah there's another there's supposed to be like another person in their little friend group <laughs> <laughs> it was just omitted from the movie um so I then believe yes, it was we, uh, someone a little famous yeah it was like a notable person yeah uh so clea duvall i think she's the one that knocks down elijah wood at first as stokely um they have a little exchange where, like it's like learn how to walk or something like that uh, well, no, that's uh, her and Stan. That's her and Stan, yes. Because they, they're, they're they constantly bumping into, into each other. Each yes. other. Yeah. So we I established... uh, really like her. I actually was Clea. thinking about it. She's good. She would be so much better in uh, as the Rage Carry 2. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think oh she would God. really pull that off. Yeah. Yes. Clea Duvall is definitely my 90s, early 2000, one of my crushes for sure yeah mm-hmm. she's great i kind of wish she had a better character overall we'll talk about what happens with her character in this um, yeah it's where kinda, it kind of ends it's, up it's weird yeah uh so then this is we also uh have we established that uh stan and delilah who is like the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper and like head and head cheerleader right um we established that they are a couple. Stan wants to quit the football team, and she's just not having any of it. She's just like, ugh, no, I don't have time for this. Like, you're not doing that. I have to get a headline for the newspaper. Um, Elijah Wood is, like, her photographer, and so they're working together on that. Um, there's so much. As We go back into the teacher's lounge at this point, I think, and this is where we meet John Stewart, who's, like, clearly flirting with Selma Hayek. And she's, and she's too busy. It. She's too busy for it. It doesn't even seem like she doesn't want to. She's just like, ah, no, I have a cold. I have students to take care of. I don't have time for it. Um, my cat is going buck wild right now. <laughs> he was just biting my hand a second ago too. Um, so yeah, we also meet uh, Mrs. Brummel, the super old teacher uh, that is like clearly sick, and you know. Um, John Stewart makes a crack about her retiring soon. Uh, we also have Harry Knowles as, like, I think he's just called Mr. Knowles in this. So that's the other thing about this movie. It is also kind of a who's who of canceled people, like, in front of and behind the camera, because this is a Miramax movie, so the Weinsteins are all over it. 
Um, mm. You have fucking giant creep Harry Knowles as this teacher here. And then you had Danny Masterson as like a small cameo yep. buying drugs from Zeke in the bathroom. Um, so a lot of pieces of shit in this movie. <laughs> uh, the Weinsteins brought in Williamson. So he's the, the reason that he was. Yeah. Like he was like their cash cow after Scream. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was supposed to be 1990. It was the original uh, draft for the script, and like nobody bought it until Scream, and then Miramax brought it, or bought it, and then um, the Weinstein's brought in Kevin Williamson. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah, they had a relationship with both him and Robert Rodriguez. Like they produced all his stuff too, um, and they were very involved in this like scene here. Uh, so yeah, Coach Willis is like pounding water at the at the water cooler, and um, Mister Tate's like it must be some kind of pregame ritual or something like that. Uh, we also uh, there's so much going on. Well, you see, Mister Tate is constantly spiking his tiki mug that he carries around with booze too. Uh, another little tell for his personality that's going to change later. Um, then. Here it is, Murph. We have our classic classroom scene, several classroom scenes establishing the mm-hmm. themes of the movie. So uh, I think it's Mr. Tate is giving a lecture and he says something about like, only through conformity of the masses can the state offer protection. Um, and then they say, oh, that was last week. And he changes it up. He's like, oh, who cares? He just is totally out of it. And then he then continues, individual action in society is their next topic. So we're we're getting it laid on thick here. Uh, they yeah. then cut to uh, Mrs. Burke's class, Ms. Fomka Johnson, and they're talking about Robertson Crusoe, talking about loneliness. This is a really stupid scene to me because they're both saying the same thing. Like, she was like, isolation is his biggest like fear. And then Zeke is like, oh, no, it's actually, it's loneliness inside his soul. It's like... Are isolation and loneliness not, like, hand-in-hand? Hand? Like, what the hell is the debate here? <laughs> well, no, there's there's differences between them. I, there's and differences, like, but it's I, like... The, the, have it be, the, the way they frame the scene, though, it's like Zeke is, like, correcting her. You know what I mean? And then like, she's right. like, oh, you're well, right, Zeke. It's it's to establish how meek she is, which she is, yeah. she's so good in this, because she's I think really she good. does, again, both turns, like, really well. She's, like, amazing as the meek. And then when she has the blow up confidence scenes towards the end, like just so good. Yeah, but it's just yeah, shows, a, you know where Cheryl and their Finn chemistry was supposed to play. This is the character mm. Cheryl and Finn was. Supposed oh, okay, to play. that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can totally see yeah. that too, like a meeker Cheryl and Finn, and then the more like yeah, that would have been great to have her and Piper Laurie in this. Yeah, that yeah. would have been. Real Did fun. you know that that Fomka has never actually seen this movie? That's. Oh man, uh, I think I saw that too, and it's like because of the fate of her character or something like that. Yeah. Which, if if she's discussing what I think she's discussing, then I kind of get it, because I also think where her character ends up kind of really sucks. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, so then, oh boy, this is where the movie gets really like outdated and kind of rough for me because it's like lunch, and Delilah just shows up to bully Stokely for being gay. Because she thinks she's a lesbian. And it is straight up just like, that's it. She just comes around to be a bigot. And like gives her shit. And like makes fun of her as um, Mary Beth is trying to make friends with Delilah. And it's like coming around to talk to her. Like, oh, hey, like I see you're reading Robert Heinlein. 
and like is trying to start up a discussion and then yeah dahlia just comes up to be an asshole like it's so and she she never really gets any comeuppance for that she never (laughs) not at all it 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 just really like towards the end it's like oh okay and she's back to normal and now elijah wood gets to bang the popular girl like yes she's a trophy Right, she just walks up to yell slurs at this character she thinks is gay, and then walks away. Uh, yeah, it's this is kind of what I was talking about last week with how they didn't, you know, handle having gay characters in the nineties, yeah, absolutely, thousands in a sensitive way. But Clea Duvall is a is a lesbian in real life, and she's playing a heterosexual lady who is pretending to be a lesbian <laughs> to scare people off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's it is a, a bit of a detractor from this movie it's just it's clearly a sign of the times it's so insensitive to like to even if the character is not actually gay just like the fact that like you're allowing a main character like delilah who i don't know you're not supposed to be identifying with her that's the other thing about this character and i have a feeling she might be somebody that williamson added in later when he was called in to write because she does not really fit in with the rest of this cast, I would say, versus the characters. Because a big part of this is that they're all isolated, even within their own groups. Even if they're not in a clique. I mean, if they're obviously like Casey is a nerd, right? And is bullied, so he's an outsider. But like Stan is a jock and is on the football team and is a star, but it has his own feelings of isolation and like, you know, uh, is getting disenfranchised by like this this group he's in but that does not really apply at all to delilah she's not lonely they're not gonna have a high school movie that doesn't have like the hot girl right like most popular yeah yeah that's true we don't know what it's like to be the head cheerleader and the most popular girl in school maybe we're supposed to you know automatically know how lonely that truly is yeah I think she gets one line that is trying to like get you on her side where she talks about her mom drinking, but that's it. It's a single line. Uh, she just kind she, of no, mentions she that. she says, yeah, she says towards the end, I haven't been this happy since my dad died. So we we get that, you know, she's had some loss and this is how she's coped with it. It's not right. a great way. But it's not it's not laid out but... like the rest of the cast is where it's like it's very clear that there is something that is like making them feel, I mean is the key word, alienated, right? Um I I think the other one that they kind of don't really do is with is Zeke. Uh but he's a weird enough character that I kind of like give it a pass. Like he's just so he's just like an out cool outside loner. He's not exactly sad because he's like an outside loner, but like he's, you know, he is a loner. Um, he's significantly yeah. older than all the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like he, he is so smart, but he, de- I, I'm wondering, he decided to fail. That's what it seems like to, because to, he, he figured he had a good do setup anything. doing what he's doing here. Right. Yeah. Make some uh, money. Exactly. So, uh, Stan wants to get out of football, but of course Delilah tells him it's the only way he's going to succeed. You're a football player. You're not good at anything else. But he's like, oh, I can quit now and get my grades up and get to college on my own merits. So then we cut to Casey eating lunch alone uh, on the football field in the stands. As he's walking away, he finds a little weird, wormy slug thing in the grass. And uh, Coach Willis, I already forgot his name, the coach, shows up. T-1000. The T-1000 shows up and it's like, you know, this isn't the cafeteria, son. And then um, 
notices how fast he was running right when is that exactly like this moment i think no that's that's, that's later, later that's later on yeah, yeah what yeah. what happens here is that uh frodo says i only run while being that's chased right i wrote this line down like, yeah. ah i like that yes um it's a pretty it's a nice tense moment where you think that like the coach is gonna actually chase him or attack him but nothing ends up happening uh stokely sees mrs olsen going into mrs brummel's room saying they need to talk and then this is where we learn when mary beth who is the new student from from uh the south she is again trying to make friends with stokely you have to say her full name because she only refers to herself as mary beth louise louise hutchinson yes from atlanta yes (laughs) from atlanta (laughs) Uh, so yeah, she's trying to make friends again, and she's trying to tell her, like, it's okay that you're gay, you should be out and proud, and, and Stokely reveals that she's only pretending to be gay so that people leave her alone, she likes having no friends, she says. This is where Casey comes in to show Professor Furlong a weird, the weird tentacle thing he found, and they study it. This is another trope of, like, high school movies, I find, where, like, the science teacher is, like, a legit scientist who, like, can study these things and make proclamations about like oh it's a new life form a new species like i feel like this happens mm-hmm. a lot like has where... connections with people at the university yes so. so this is also where zeke lays down he knows a lot about biology because he identifies exactly. it as like oh it's a water animal and it's like a it means like this and it's like a blah 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 um and everyone's all kind of shocked at like zeke's intelligence um so, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Furlong is clearly, like, pumped because he gets to send it to the university and hope and wants a grant. They put it in the water, and it seems to kind of change and evolve, but it gets teeth and bites his finger, and there's a shocking amount of blood. It splits uh, I, into I do, two, right? Yes, it splits into yeah. two. So, uh, I really like Jon Stewart. It's, he's not in this as much as I wish as he should be, probably, but he just has a nice, like, rapport with the students here. I just think that, like, the way he is playing this, I don't know. He makes he makes jokes with them too. What does he say? Well, he's like, "I'm gonna give it a prostate exam," and then like everyone kind of like looks at him all weird. And he's just like, eh, "Just kidding." Um, I I really, I really like John. I'm a I'm a I'm a John Stewart fan from this time. I, especially, yeah, yeah, he's just got a lot of charisma, and it mm-hmm. like just comes off on the screen so well. Yeah, I saw I, I read a ton of interviews with the cast about this, and it seems like everyone had a great time making it. Like, uh, everyone seemed really positive about Robert Rodriguez, especially, and how he ran the set and everything. Uh, but I think it was Laura Harris was talking about, like, uh, they, that Jon Stewart would, like, practice material on them between takes and stuff. And I was always, like, coming around, like, all the, the younger cast and being like, you know, hey, I got some new stuff to, like, tell you guys. And I'm just, like, a do stand-up for them. Um, <laughs> which, so it sounds like it was a really, it was a really fun, fun shoot. Uh, so, this is also where the, you can see a lot of the early CG in this movie, and it's okay. Like, I think it ranges from being, like, fine to kind of bad, but it's never so bad that it's, like, takes you out of things, you know? Right. Agreed. They, and they even tried to do a good mix of some practical effects yeah. for the end, for the big there's monster some really, reveal. There's some great practical effects there, yeah. But I feel like they were not confident in it enough or something, or maybe it just didn't look well, because it is a lot of quick cutting when you're seeing it. And yeah. it's, it's a shame because it, I think it looks great, and then it's, it's, I want to focus on it. It's frenetic. I think that's where you get the Rodriguez, right. like, you know, 
energy. Yeah. Uh, Stan goes to tell uh, the coach that he is quitting the football team. And this is where he's he's just at the pool. Uh, maybe for the water reason, we also see a ton of other, like, I, maybe at this point we've already seen him, like, walk into the hallways pushing, like, a dolly cart full of the like, water, water delivery. Jugs. Yeah. It's great. And it keeps getting uh, bigger. Yes. How how they how it would react to the chlorine? That's exactly. I had the same like, thought. It seems to not bother yeah. it though. Yeah. But chlorine can dry you out. Like that's a thing. Like from being swimmers, I'm sure you yeah. remember this. But like it can give you like you can make you feel kind of dry and and that's so. Yeah, it feels like they maybe, whatever. It's. <laughs> I thought about it too, but I clearly I guess just the water overrides that. Um. So, yeah, he tells the coach he's quitting, and the coach seems fine with it. He is like, I'm not going to stand in the way of the human condition. What kind of human being would I be if I did that? And gives him this little cheeky smile, which I really like. <laughs> Robert Patrick is so good. He's he's great. And this is this is kind of the part. It's like, is it worse to have, like, an alien take over our whole society? Like, I think Pat- Robert Patrickson, like, change and, yes. like be rational we'll talk about this later what i think like this movie kind of is is very interesting as like a body snatcher talking about the same stuff where uh it makes the argument better than a lot of body snatcher movies mm-hmm. do maybe un- i don't think it's unintentional but like to the degree where it's like let the aliens win at a certain point <laughs> uh do, okay and i want to get to it just right now because there is a part where they they sit down and they are talking about yeah all of these things is it better to call out the actual direct influences of a remake or reimagining or because it's almost like a spotlight really they i think they go overboard in this one because they're trying to do that scream thing of like being meta right that's the other kevin Mm -hmm. williamson influence here but the plot of scream is inherently about horror movies so i think it makes a lot more sense that the characters reference the movie so much and talk about them and make you know direct references and things like that in this one it gets to be pretty ridiculous where they're basing their plan off of very many different science fiction stories (laughs) that end up being correct like in a huge fucking coincidence like they are just right you know what i mean compared to scream where the killers are patterning themselves off of horror movies so it makes sense then but uh it, it's for big it's fine i, I think it, it goes a little overboard but it's still not bad and it did make me realize yeah. i do want to read more robert heinlein i've read some robert heinlein and like liked it okay but i just feel like i want to get more of like the you know influences so anyway I, I think the biggest overboard thing is just the uh keep going back to stokely and being like yes you've read the, all the literature what do we do next which is yeah which is insane that is like it's crazy to think that that's like going to be a viable <laughs> thing and like they kind of explain it as like oh the science fiction people like maybe it's it's that for a reason and blah 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 but well, yeah we'll talk more about that in a sec i don't understand the, the whole thing about the queen so yeah, you would yeah, think because the teachers ridiculous. are speaking to each other like at, i think when they're hiding in the closet they're like speaking to yeah, each other it's, about it's it like but if not the a queen, hive mind when yeah. you think that the queen yeah the queen would be if you kill her and everybody else dies, you think that there would be some sort of communication. You know, right. I don't know. Vampire rules. I, yeah, it is. That's this thing. They kind of turn. Yeah, that's right. It's like a weird vampire thing. 
there's a lot to break down into the logic of this. We'll, we'll talk. I, there's a big moment later on too. So uh, this is then where Stan goes into the showers and Mrs. Bremel comes in as well. Really gnarly shot of her feet, like walking up behind him. Ugh. Yeah, really. Her the scalp hair. coming off. Pretty sick. Yeah. And then the yeah. hair sliding up. Ooh, boy. This is some wonderful, uh, like, gross out stuff. Almost like a devil's rain moment with, like, someone melting in water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, then we have a moment where Casey is, like, he's in the classroom. This is a really bizarre little directorial decision where, like, Casey is, like, looking at uh, the coach standing in the sprinklers. And he's just kind of, like, standing there with so his arms good. out. Great shot. But then when, mm. like, this is it like Olsen, Halloween reference, too? Possibly. That's a good one. Probably. Yeah. Looking at the school window and seeing it there. Yes. But then Mrs. Olsen comes up and, like, surprises him. And the camera does this weird thing where it zooms in her face, like, three times. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys pick <laughs> up on that? Laugh. Yeah. I have, zo- I have no idea why that happens. It's so fucking weird. Uh, I kind of like it. There is some rough but... editing throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. I kind of liked it. That it was just so bizarre. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what it's doing there, but I, you know, I'm not complaining. What if it had like jawbreaker sound effects when it did that? Boy. Yeah, exactly. It, if it was, it would have been like a slide whistle. And then, like, yeah. Transition <laughs> swipe transition. <laughs> this is where we cut to another crazy moment of uh, Zeke selling porn or like nude tapes or something to a bunch of students and they're like uh so it's nev campbell and jennifer love hewitt and he's just like full frontal and it gives him these vhs tapes and they run off which mm-hmm. nice i guess a cheeky reference to, to yeah. screen yeah um so then uh we have uh casey is trying to convince um what's her face delilah something weird is going on they're looking for another like story they're running around together they go into the teacher's lounge to figure some stuff out and this is where she has this line, you're that geeky Stephen King kid. There's one in every school talking about how he's getting bullied and stuff. Um, is this after so then, where she has uh, the her glasses on? And it's stuff? after this, yeah. It's, no. This is the day, it's just still the day yeah, before. the glasses later. Okay. This is where they go into the, the thing and they find that the um, they hide in the closet as the teachers enter. And uh, the coach and Mrs. Olsen are talking about how Mrs. Brummel is too old to handle it and that um they have to be careful of the heat because it dries out their nervous system or compromises the nervous system uh right before this where they have a weird flirtation moment right where like casey's like oh you can be kind of cool when you're not being like a great a bitch which somehow charms delilah she's kind of like into that when he says it um uh there's probably some like degradation yes going on there we also learned that casey is is a creep in general right here because he like smells delilah in the closet and she like looks over him kind of weird she's just right she says that same line back to him at the end of the movie too she repeats it yeah minus the great bitch part exactly yeah uh so uh summer hayek comes in still complaining about her cold how she can't shake it this is a pretty fucking great scene where uh, they both attack her and like Robert Patrick like pins her on the couch as she screams for help and like the veins on his face and his eyes like roll back. It's really fucking freaky. So yes, uh, wonderful work with the veins and the roll back eyes on Robert Patrick and then really disgusting worm thing shoots out of his mouth 
and impales Sama Hayek in the ear. Uh, it's it's fucking intense. Um, as that happens, Mrs. Brummel's corpse fucking falls on Casey and Delilah in the closet. It's a wonderful like one-two punch of like gross-out moments. Um, so of course the teachers come to investigate the closet, and Casey like hits the coach with a broom. They escape. They run out of there. I think it's a. Uh, they then run into Principal Drake and Mister Tate, who's been taken over to since between scenes here. Um, a pretty great edit. I like that it just cuts right to Casey got the police and is coming back with them. Like mm-hmm. no bullshitting about like no one believing him or having to convince anybody. I mean, we kind of get that a little later after this, but like just straight on, the police are coming to investigate. They try to pass it off as the CPR doll instead of Mrs. Brummel. And then, like, this is where, yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but, like, there's, like, you know, oh, Casey, you look pretty good out there. You look like you were, you know, you were running yeah, pretty fast getting chased. Running. Yes. Uh, it's it's great when, like, as they're escaping, uh, Delilah takes off and Casey falls and she just leaves his ass. Yes. <laughs> Irre- irredeemable character. Yeah. Uh, and then when he does bring the police back and the principal takes one of the officers into the to the back room and then he comes out and casey can like odd like obviously tell something has happened he has changed yeah i feel like we talked about it with the assimilation movies last month last year and actually this is a great little tribute to assimilation august a year later right um but i like how quick it is in this movie how fast someone gets turned because, like, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of, like, logistics issues with, like, the pods in, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and other movies. But this one, it's so fast. Like, they stab you with something, you get little worms into you, and, like, basically that's it. You're almost instantly taken over. Um, I, I like how, how fast that is and, like, how you can be so discreet about it. Uh, so, yeah, his dad is played by Christopher McDonald. Uh, he plays Mr. Frank Shooter Connor, of course. Yes, everyone knows as from Happy Gilmore. Uh, he's so good in that movie. Uh, and he's he's playing a similar kind of dickhead in this, honestly. Like he doesn't seem I like a good dad. I think that's what he's he does. You know, he's he does, kind like, of he that does a good job with it. Yeah. Dickish. Uh, yeah, he, he's in the show he, Hacks, like, which I highly wrecks. recommend. Oh, okay. Uh, he completely wrecks Casey's room, like looking for drugs. Yes, uh, which was a real fun scene. Steals his porn because it says he's gonna <laughs> no more flogging the bishop. The Which mom, I, I, I do, I, I really like that moment with the mom when she's like, uh, his porn and like points at the mattress. Yeah, like, she, yeah. she knew where it was. Uh, all throughout this, I, re- I don't know why I have this here in my note, but like, throughout this too, Usher is also in this movie as mm-hmm. Gabe Centora, a completely superfluous character played by a big name. Um, he probably why had not? more to do at some point. Yeah. Yes. But this is his debut like, as well, film debut. Yes. Yeah, he's always kind of pushing Stan around, though, and, like, kind of, like, you know, gives him shit for quitting the football team or whatever. But, um, oh, also, too, in that scene where they're investigating the uh, the body in the office, or the police show up, there's a great poster. Did you guys see the poster of, like, a hand with, like, the earth in it? And it's just, like, I forget what, what the words are, but it's a wonderful little, like, background joke of, like, the earth being taken over. It's, like, a hand gripping the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Casey goes to sneak out uh, after he gets grounded, but he sees the faculty standing outside in the shadows, like out in the street. Um, His dad catches him and they're suddenly gone. The next day, Frank drops Casey off and is like telling him, you're going into that school. 
you know, even though he doesn't want to. Immediately, his dad is approached by the coach as soon as he gets dropped off. Uh, Delilah gets called to the principal's office along with some other students, but she doesn't go. Uh, she's talking with Casey in the bathroom about it. This is where she's wearing glasses suddenly and, like, looks... She's yeah, incognito. It's styled different. She's like, I'm incognito, yes. Or she says that later, but yeah. Um, this is where we have Stokely and Stan having a little bonding moment when he's telling her that he's going to be quitting football to be himself a D student. And she likes that. She likes that he's like just wants to be a normal fuck up as opposed to like getting by on his uh his jock skills. Um, <laughs> Mr. They're in Mr. Tate's class, and he tells them their assignment is to write down the names of all their relatives, starting with people they live with, and then people like outside of that. And they're like, someone is like, this on the test? And he's like, this is the test. Uh, yeah. Very funny. Uh. This is where Danny Masterson is then trying to buy drugs from. He's trying to buy all of the drugs from. Uh, from or is that later? Okay. No, I think, I think it might this be later. Is probably right here. And yeah. Uh, but this is exactly where uh, we haven't really talked about it. The drugs are in a pen, which is just yeah. a great like hiding device. Like, oh, of course, kids are going to need pens in a learning institution. Except that they're clear, and, and you can see that there's a white powder in them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did people in your guys' school smoke weed out of pen caps? Like, use those as little pipes? They did that I feel like I've heard lot. that before. Yeah. But no, I, don't, I don't remember that doing I know that. Of. We just had yeah, our you own pack pipes. A, you pack a pen cap and you light one end of it, and like it's definitely not the cleanest way to do it. Um, I got a corn yeah. cob pipe from like a grocery store, and I smoked out of that for a while. And then I also had cool. a little keychain with a, like a one-hitter on it. I mean, you could get. No, those are nice. Maybe it's just because I'm so much older than you guys, <laughs> where youths could just buy pipes at stores. Right. Mm-hmm. We had to use also, pen caps, and then uh, friends. But... We had to use pen caps, and then we made people make bongs out of apples and use an apple core too. Um, I've heard so, of that. So, uh, yeah. Oh, one time uh, my mom. My mom said I was like making food with tinfoil and she asked if I was on drugs and I was like, no, I'm just baking. <laughs> and she said that like she heard that people use tinfoil to That's do true. drugs. I mean, you can smoke yeah. crack with and heroin yeah. and yeah. all that shit with it. Yeah. Uh, I just watched Harvey Keitel do it last night in Bad Lieutenant. So, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I like how Murph, and I'm doing it again, but Murph's like, we have to condense and then we immediately go on a tangent about drugs but uh (laughs) so uh yes this is where casey and stokely are talking about jack finney and robert heinlein and encountering aliens they're like oh maybe spielberg and lucas and like uh what's the other one they drop they drop a very current one um uh well they mentioned uh independence Independence day Day. yes yeah yeah yeah. Uh, oh um the the men in black guy men in Uh, black yes uh sonnenfeld right yeah, yeah, that's right. so extremely current stuff. Yes, so they they talk about maybe it's like the fiction part. They want it to be known as fiction, so you don't actually suspect it's all real. Uh, so then this is where Zeke and Marybeth are in a storeroom stealing equipment. I don't quite remember why Marybeth is in there with him, but they start making out as like a they're like, oh, if they catch us, we could start making out. We'll get in less trouble. So they start kissing, but then they hear over they overhear Casey uh, telling Stan about the aliens with Stokey and Delilah. And so they come in, and there's a great jump scare where Zeke, like, yells as he comes in. Mm-hmm. I like that little moment. This is where we have a fucking banger of a scene. Because Mr. Furlong comes in. He starts to attack the group because he's an alien. 
and great slow motion shot of Josh Hartnett breaking off the the blade on a paper cutter. Uh, which anytime I see those blades, even before this movie, I always want to like use that as a weapon. I always want to. I don't know. Not you, but you, I just think I keep. I always think to myself, right. it'd be great in a movie to see that as a weapon. And here I got it. I got my wish here because he breaks and off they, and fucking slices his fingers off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing you're always scared about, like losing a finger on yes. that, and they show it. Yes. Um, the I really like how the fingers animal. just went plop yeah. <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> no blood, though, right? But then right, they no grow little uh, tangly things and yeah. are like, yeah, walking around. So we have a really fun fight here. There's a lot of good details to it. I really appreciate it. Like, Mr. Furlong, like, kicks Casey in the chest. And Stan does this kind of cool move where he, like, gets behind him and catches him before he hits the ground. Like, I, I really like that. It's just, like, a nice little, like, team building thing. And then it's just, like, a nice thing. I don't see people, ca- you know what I mean? It's like lessen the impact mm-hmm. of his fall. Like I just like that was a really nice uh, piece of choreography there. Uh, they stab him in the eye with the pen full of scat, the drug. Probably the worst name for a drug in a movie I've heard in some time. It means poop. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a conversation it is a about like, the scat pack of his, of his car. And I was like, scat right. like shit? And he was like, no, like like scat, like you're scattering. It. Like it's the car, so it goes like really fast. Like yeah. you get scattered, run away. And I was like, uh it also means poop or like a style of singing yes and he like did not believe exactly. in scat meant like animal feces right <laughs> um I, I i have to assume it's an intentional joke that he called it cat called it scat uh so uh he dies after they get stabbed at this pen because the drug dries him out um so uh they head for the parking lot right as they're heading for the parking lot, they they see that most of the class of the kids in the school seem to have assimilated now. No more f- random fights breaking out in the hallway. Just this, everyone staring the at them. Yes, we see and the they're couple. they're like lovingly embracing yep, each other. The, the fuck you boy and girl, yes. So they go back to Zeke's lab at his house. No hint of what his parents do or think of any of this or anything like that. Um, uh, he said they're in Europe. Or Japan or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. This is the He's house Athenty from parents. Multiplicity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe his parents are clones of... Maybe. Michael uh, Keaton. Anyone. I would have... Yeah. That would have been so funny if, like, his parents came down and it's, like, Michael Keaton as both of his parents. Like, oh, my God. Um, would have been incredible. So he tests out, like, the, the alien on a rat that he has... And, like, they see how it affects the rat. It gets taken over. They got little, like, bumps moving along the rat's skin, we see. Um, they all start accusing each other um, of being aliens, and they rip off... Not rip off. They tribute. They tribute the thing tribute, here. yeah. By doing a test well, where they're all going to snort scat to see if it kills them. Then um, they do... I do love the, like, accusing each other of, yes. like, your personality oh, has you're changed being different, a little yeah. bit. Exactly. Uh, the the best one is is Stan. Like calls him out. Was like, well, you don't want to play football anymore. Uh, and he says, I'm not an alien. I'm discontent. <laughs> and like, another big word, yeah, because like he's supposed to be like not very smart, and so they're like calling him out for using word different words. Yeah. Um. Also, as they're doing the drug, I like this this where they start cracking up as they yeah. get high too. He's, it's like, tweaking. he's tweaking. Let him tweak. Yeah. 
but it comes kind of creepy, like all the laughing going on with like the rising tensions. Like, I, I, it's a, it's a really good scene. Um, so of course it comes down to uh to Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson and uh of from Atlanta. Atlanta and uh Delilah. And they both don't want to take it. Mary Beth says she's allergic and it could kill her anyway. And then um Delilah is revealed to be infected, to be an alien. So she wah, wigs wah. out, she starts growing stuff all over her face. She seems kind of panicked, but it's probably just a ploy to get them to not shoot her, right? Mm-hmm. So um she escapes. Uh this is destroying where destroying the chemistry set. Yes, the, destroying in, all the stuff in doing yeah. so. At yep, what yep. point do you think that Delilah was effect uh was infected? Because I mean it's it's gotta be like the the fact that they showed up at uh at Casey's house. So I assume they did a similar thing with Delilah and infected her there. Yeah. Right? yeah, when she comes to school the next day, she's wearing her glasses and because she yeah. was wearing contacts and contacts will dry your eyes out. So she was probably infected that entire day. And that's why yep. she, yeah, she was an incognito. She was infected. Yeah, this is also where they establish, uh, based on books that Stokely has read, that if they kill the queen, it's going to restore everyone to normal. Uh, which is a bold assumption that they wouldn't all just die. And at this point, you've already stabbed your science teacher in the eyeball with a pen and, like, probably killed him. I'll let me see later. He, he didn't. But, like, you know, you're... I don't know. It just seems like an easy out to me for this movie. They're like, oh, don't worry. They're not actually going to, like, murder all their peers and teachers. Like, they're going to yeah. survive. It's yeah. strange. Like, what happened, like, with Baby North got a... Uh, um the pen through her that's hand. That's completely melted. Yes. And, like, that seemed fine. Well, he got, like, John Stewart's fingers got chopped off. Uh, the coach's face was scratched, and he still had scratches on his face, which was odd, because mm-hmm. nobody else seemed to have injuries anymore after a certain point. Like, you lose your head, but then everybody's fine. Yes. Well, that's they one of the things is he has the scratch on his face, and as he continues to drink more water the scratch gets less and less noticeable until oh, it I don't completely know. I don't disappears. Know if, I don't know if I caught that. Interesting. I mean, that's what I, I, I noticed oh. with it, in that, uh, you know, it's the water is the healing property. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you um, could say that for humans to some degree as well. That is true. Uh, so they're, the football game is still happening. They know that everyone's going to be there. And this is great, too. I really like the players infecting the other team. As they tackle mm-hmm. them and like stuff like just again, it's so quick, it's so efficient, and I, I really like that. So like the players get tackled and then they pop up as infected aliens. Like, and I it's, think a, it's a it's a great yeah. shot from overhead, and you get like you're removing like four bodies from yes. the one guy on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then they manage to they go into the gym where Principal Drake kind of uh, corners them. They have a limited amount of scat left, and they they catch Drake in the in the volleyball net. They point a gun at her. They tell her to. St- which is this is a bad plan? Just telling the aliens to sniff the drugs to kill themselves. Like, of course, it's not going to do it, you know. So they end up like um, they stab her with it, and then uh, this is a moment where I was like. This movie is dumb. Why would they waste all the drugs like this? Because mm-hmm. Mary Beth, Mary Beth. And, like dumps the entire vial on her. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. Why would you do that? It makes sense later, of course. Um, I, I was not giving the movie enough credit at that moment. 
So she gets completely dissolved, like, down to a skeleton. Do we see her later? Did they just full-on murder their principal here? I believe so, and I don't recall <laughs> seeing John Stewart again. Were oh, you no, you see that, him. Like, he, he pops yeah, up. Yeah, he pops okay. up, yes. Well, they did say, uh, didn't they say at the end, like, the news stuff where, like, several right. people died? Uh, people were missing. Okay. So they straight up murdered the principal here. I mean, I guess, look, they were being attacked. They shot her in the head with a with gun, and it didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, Zeke has a gun, too. It's another thing. Um, He's a drug dealer, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they killed the principal. Uh, she's not the queen, so they figure it's the coach, is what Stan's guess is. He goes out to confront the coach alone. I don't quite know why he is going by himself. Um, with just like one one pen of scat, but really fucking fantastic shot as he is approaching the football field. It's raining suddenly, of course, mm-hmm. and you have the entire football team and uh, Coach Willis like standing in the rain with their arms out like this, and he's got like a skull face, which is not something we've seen before, but it looks fucking awesome. And this is where the the CG kind of helps. It's dark and it's raining, so it kind of helps mask the CG a little bit. And it's just a nice effect, like having this like face switch between that and like Robert Patrick's it's face. It's early CG, but I it think takes I think it's cool. so long to what tell what's going doing. on. Yes. <laughs> um, He's like squinting, and he keeps getting closer and closer and closer yes. and closer and closer and closer. And I think I think maybe. The purpose of having him go alone is that it's part of his character arc, right? He wants to confront the coach who, like, is the mm-hmm. symbol of his, like, problems and his ennui as a jock. But we never see what happens here, um, which is a problem I have. I want some comeuppance for the coach, you know what I mean? I want some confrontation between Stan and Robert Patrick here. But this is basically the last we see of Robert Patrick until the ending, which is a bummer. Like, he's such a good, great figure in this. We start on him like, berating these kids, I want to see Stan, yeah. like, face off with him, you know? Uh, I didn't mention it, but when they are playing the game and winning, he's got just such a giant smile yeah. on his face, and it is amazing. <laughs> he's, so, yes. he's so great in this movie. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's absolutely one of the highlights. Um, even in a, in a stacked cast, he really stands out, yeah. Uh, so Zach, or Stan comes back to the gym, He's locked outside. He says that he needs to come in now. Data don't trust him. Another really dumb move, but again, maybe it's kind of explained by reveal later. But they, like, roll him drugs under the door to tell him to test. And, of course, he just dumps it out because he's infected. Um, So he says it's better this way, he tells them. Uh, Casey and Zeke are trying... Yes. Casey and Zeke try to go get the car while Delilah and Stokely stay inside. Um... Really great moment where Casey's cornering the bus by Delilah, and then the football team is trying to break in. It reminds me of like a good zombie movie or something with all the football team still wearing uniforms and helmets and stuff. Um, so uh, Burke, uh, Mrs. Burke approaches Zeke at his car. We had a really fucking creepy scene earlier where he's like kind of hitting on her because he's like selling stuff out of his car and like he offers her cherry flavored him. condoms yes well first she, he offers chocolate laxatives yes which she declines and then he offers yes cherry flavored condoms right which so she that, is so, so meek that like right. it turns her violently red but she has a great line there too which is like that's so rude is all she says about it and mm-hmm. then she turns and walks away like she yeah she's really good in this um and then so now she's approaching she's wearing like a red dress now and like has no glasses um she also has a very weird hairstyle. Her bangs are like kind of like those like 
fringy, like short bangs with long hair sort of thing. Um, so now she approaches him and says she wants something cherry flavored, of course. Uh, he gets in the car and tries to drive away with her hanging out of it, which is just a nice little uh, little, little touch there. And uh, he hits a bus and it fucking explodes. Pretty wild that he survives this, actually. Well, he um, buckled his seatbelt at the last second. <laughs> that did it, yes. You gotta remember that, Greg. <laughs> so, uh, he's running off. He turns around and he sees her head walking around with tentacles. And it attaches itself on her body again. Another reference to the thing. And um, Now, I know you guys were saying it was problematic. But I'm just gonna yeah. cut to it real quick. He was a, like, second year senior so he was so he's, he's like over eight, 18 he's 18 or 19 yes and but just so the fact that they like have a, yeah that she the, this the is authority figure but i yeah. do like is at the end when she is like in the stands while he's playing football is she has like a little ascot right so i really wonder if there's a scar from her at, there must be removed. yeah it's just the fact that she won is like it's a triumph that this guy is going to be now be like this student he's still a student regardless of his age he's still a student at the school is going to be in a relationship hey, it presumably with a teacher all the time all the yeah time. but it probably should not be happening though is my point um also just the fact that he's such a dick to her like all throughout it and then basically gets rewarded at the end you know what i mean <laughs> like you could call it sexual harassment right. when he's like offering her cherry flavored condoms at the car and it ends up working out so the 90s uh <laughs> so this is where we have mary beth louise hutchinson and uh from Atlanta and delilah not delilah who is it stokely talking stokely. to the gym She's mentioning how, oh, it must feel so great being a part of this greater thing and losing, not being lonely anymore and all this stuff. Of course, big reveal that she is the queen and has been the queen this whole time, which is why he's been so, like, pursuant uh, of Sokoli trying to become her friend. So they, there's a really crazy moment where they start to chase, like a foot chase. They run into the room where the pool is, the pool room, and, of course, she jumps into the pool fucking crazy moment as the tentacle like snakes out and grabs stokely and then like slams her face into the deck of the pool which really made me wince that was a really really hardcore like smack there and there's quite a lot of blood coming from yes. her like nose or mouth or something yeah, yeah so she's pulled into the pool and infected um the queen looks fantastic it's a really great design it's very bug-like like earlier but it's also like it's like a weird mixture of like a cockroach and like a worm or something. I don't know how and to I describe it exactly. It's like right at this time you see it has a weird like four pincer things that yes. grabs its mouth and to open it. Mm-hmm. It does remind me of the cool roach design. alien at the end of uh, Men in Black. I think it looks yeah. a lot like that. Yeah. So Zeke comes into the locker room where Mary Beth and Stokely are both trying to convince them that they're human. Nice twist here, because we don't fully realize that Stokely's been assimilated. And so we know Mary Beth is the queen. And so, you, of course, you want him to believe Stokely. But really nice reveal that they're both infected here. And also, mm -hmm. Mary Beth is naked. And great moment where Zeke is like, why are you naked? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like uh, that he calls and, it out. Yeah. And, and still right around here, he runs into Frodo. Yes. And he's like, you know, he makes him sniff it and he like sniffs it and is like, you happy now as he's looking up and like 
Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're still fucked, and you just, like, ate some time trying to confirm I'm human. Yes. Um, now I'm gonna like, be high. He has a nice line, he's like, I'm going for five minutes, and I come back, and everyone's a fucking alien. So, like, <laughs> so do it! Which, I, I really like that line. I We talked about Hartnett, of course, on our 30 Days a Night episode, and I think we were a little mixed on him there. I know you liked him, Murph, in that. Um, but I, he's I really he good fine. in the Haircut he aside, yeah. he is really yeah. good in this, yeah. Uh, uh, he has a great line when they're stealing from the supplies from the closet. He says, just doing my part for the deconstruction of America. Yes. Great line there. Yeah. I'm a Hartnett defender. I think he, he does fine here. There's some things like when he's oh, he's doing like the dissection, he's like holding yeah. a scalpel kind of weird and I don't know. He, <laughs> yeah, he's fine. I remember in like middle school and high school when all the girls thought he was super cute and they're like, he doesn't even have to work out. That's just his natural body. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just remember a lot of my friends were really into him. He also doesn't have to dry his hair. You know? That's just his natural hair like that. He just uh, towel dries. Towel dries. Yeah. He looks like a fucking maniac. <laughs> so this is a wonderful monologue from um from Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson, Laura Harris, as she is like walking naked through the um through the locker room. The locker I room. also just appreciate how tasteful it is that they keep her in the dark even though she's naked. So like mm. you don't really see nudity, not really. Like it's it's very it, shadowy and like you know, I don't it know. It's PG thirteen. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's R. Well, no, no it's, it's R because I was gonna say language alone. It's got to be R. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not really like you don't ever see nipple. I don't think. I think you see a little bit of butt, but you know, that's when about she's it. getting yeah, out. And of you the do pool. when she's yeah. standing. No, I was looking when she's uh, when they're in there, like when he Josh Hartnett asks her why she's naked. It's right. dark. It's not super bright in it's, there, but they're still full chest. Right, right. Um, I read, I was doing research, and like I said, there's a ton of like press about this movie. Laura, uh, Har- Laura Harris, is that her name, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She did an interview with Ain't It Cool News because of the Harry Knowles of it all. And fuck Harry Knowles, he sucks. Even before... Like, it all came to light, like, how bad of a person he is. I thought he was just a really irritating presence and, like, was a really bad interviewer and just, like, a creep. Um, but he posted, like, a an interview that he, someone else for his site, this, this kid named Quint, who is, like, a high school reviewer who did stuff for uh, Ain't It Cool News. It is the creepiest interview with Laura Harris because, like, literally every other question is this like about like and how much did you love me hanging around you all the time and when are we gonna hang out and get married and like Yeesh. there was this really story they try to there's this story they try to pass off as like cute or charming of like he made wedding invitations for him and laura harris and like pass them around at like parties they would go to and shit and laura harris is clearly maybe not i don't say clear I'm, I'm probably projecting a little bit but like it just did not seem like she was into this at all like she was placating him a little bit being like, you know, ah, oh, so funny and blah blah blah, whatever. But it just, it clearly was. She's not into him and was put off by Gross. all this. Like it's it, really disgusting. Fucking yeah, it made me really upset. They read all that, and I don't, I don't know why I read the whole thing. Like <laughs> it was bad. Um, back to the movie. She gives a great monologue about how she noticed every one of these people were alone, and she wanted to genuinely become friends with them, and. 
this uh, she wanted to show them that they could be together in one and a bigger, greater collective, and you know, not be so lonely anymore. Which I really like this angle, and it reminded me a lot of uh, Slither, where I talked a lot about how I mm-hmm. felt so bad for the loneliness that Grant Grant felt, and how it literally is just about he does not want to be alone, and is going so far as to like literally absorb people into him. And that's in order to, that's the only yeah. way they have to, yeah. to do it. It's right, them, exactly. It's them being natural. Yes, and uh, but I, I like it though. I like the idea of like, yes, give up part of what makes you unique as a person in order to join this greater collective and, and and like you know get rid of this like angsty loneliness that we all feel as teens. I think it's a nice like way to approach a high school assimilation horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up doing that, but just yeah, in to to her detriment. So, uh, Casey is being chased by the creature. They go into the gym. Great moment where he traps it in the bleachers because he closes the bleachers on it. They, like, come in and pin mm-hmm. it. Um, really kind of dorky, dumb line as he takes the pens and it says, guaranteed to jack you up, which is what Zeke says about Scat earlier in the movie, and then stabs it in the face. He gets shot with acid or something, though. Like no, what it is, is as spray. he does that, yeah. it it spits out all of the little yeah. wormy things that like shoot right into his face. Yes, so uh, really and great. As the queen dies, effects on him there, they, like, yeah, yeah, they're they like plop out and come out. Mm-hmm. And I then like it kind that. of a, me too. It looked great. really cool yeah. when they were falling out of his skin, and then the plop noises. Yes. So but, and gets, the queen, queen's great. Yeah, the queen just in general looks fantastic here. Yeah. Uh, so really kind of lame ending in my opinion though as we get our wrap up we see everyone's return to normal I think there's a way to do the return to normal with still making it a little darker because like the fact that Robert Patrick is still alive and is still coaching this team that's not a good ending he is a shithead person like we establish immediately in this movie and again he should have got some kind of confrontation with Stan it should not have been the principal that get that dies a horrible death and does not get to return. It should have been the coach, you know? Um, but yeah, so Stan and Stokely are now a couple. I forgot that they, yeah, they kiss in the gym at a certain point. Um, Stan and Stokely are a couple. It's implied that Zeke, who is now on the football team, I don't know how that resolves his arc at all, but I guess it does. He and Fomka Johnson are going to be a couple. It seems like she's like waving at him in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see that Delilah and Casey are a couple, which sucks. She's a fucking homophobic bigot. Like, <laughs> you should not be dating her, Casey. Um, but hey, maybe she this seems rather one dimensional as well. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I just mostly my thing is like I want Robert Patrick to have some sort of comeuppance. You know what I mean? Some big scene where he faces off with Stan. Like, it doesn't. I know Stan gets gets assimilated, but I still think there has to be something there. Maybe it got cut. I don't know. But that's the movie, finally. So many moving parts, but what a fucking fun ride it is. And instantly rewatchable in my case. Like, I just threw it on and right, I just let it loop. And I had a great time the second time, too. I feel like Clea Duvall's character get, is, like, the exact opposite storyline of Inot, But I'm a Cheerleader. Yeah. That meant, yeah. Yeah. I also just think... um it's it's part of this thing. It's the fact you have so many characters. Like you're gonna have to short shrift some of them, and I just think that they sadly give the short shrift to like her and Stan a little bit. 
you know what I mean? Like, you don't really have great resolutions for what their characters are, even though they end up together. Like, I guess I that think, is part of yeah. it, is that there are so many moving parts that then at the end, trying to... Like, you've been juggling all this time, and you're trying to catch them yeah. real quick. I also would have just, just like, liked... You have you have such a focus on the teachers in the beginning. Like, you, there's pretty much equal time split between them and the kids uh, in the first, like, 15 minutes. And then you kind of don't see a lot of the teachers past a certain point. Like, Mr. Tate, nothing really ever happens with him. I feel uh, like Piper Laurie just disappears. Piper Laurie vanishes. Yeah. Mrs. Brummel gets a mo- great moment in the showers. But, like, beyond that, Selma yeah. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek disappears. That's the thing is that they're all such great actors. Like, you want more from them in these in these parts. Like, I want to see more of evil Piper Laurie. Because she's really fucking fantastic when she stabs Principal Drake earlier. So, I don't know. Hey, maybe, like, uh, maybe just, like, what was the movie we talked about yesterday? Jawbreaker. There needs to be a TV series to flesh us all out. I would not be. I was gonna to that. say. I, I think this could be like a yeah. good limited series event type of thing where there's like yeah. six to eight episodes because they do. I, I totally agree. Where they do in the beginning, they have so much going on, and there's so many interesting characters in in here. Not just the students, but the faculty as well. And then the ending is kind of like, oh, well, what happened? Yes. To, what does nobody remember? What's going on? Exactly. Well, they also yeah. make a point that uh, Casey is now a celebrity. Yeah, that's uh, right. He's, he's like, like on, he's on, the, on the cover of magazines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, should we get some final thoughts? Uh, what do we want to rate this out of? I have two ideas. Oh, I was going to say too the John Stewart part when it's revealed he's alive. It's doing the cat the cast role at the end. Um, some of them are scenes from earlier in the movie. But John Stewart's is that he has an eye patch and like a bandage over his hand, and he like waves okay. the camera. <laughs> oh, so it shows yeah. that he's alive. He's alive, but he's he's missing an eye but and maimed. fingers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is a really funny reveal. Yeah. Uh, I had an idea. We could either do it out of drug pens or water cooler jugs. Water cooler jugs is good. I like that. Um, Let's do. I'll, I'll say scat pens. I like scat pens. Scat pens. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a memorable little thing from the movie. So yeah, sure. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue. But I was saying, I think that this there's so many moving parts in this movie that it has a dual effect of making it really breakneck and like really fast paced, which I really like, and it makes it exciting and fun. But it then just leads to characters not getting their full due. And I think they're all interesting characters. I think that um, a lot of the cast and interviews, like Elijah Wood has a really good one where he um, he just talks about how like these are all stereotypes, but you, you find there's a small twist on them to make them more unique and more human, which I agree with. I think that's that's really true. Like, like Stan as the jock who doesn't want to be a jock anymore like it just it ends up playing out really well and he's not as dumb as you might come to expect zeke has all sorts of weird fucking surprises as this composite character drug dealer porn dealer like scientist genius, genius. yeah yeah then football player yes like i i think um it only makes the fact that some of the, some of the writing in this is so good just makes the moments of weaker writing stand out more to me all that said, I still think it's really, really well directed, and it's very funny. Lots of great jokes in this, like lots of really good lines of dialogue, um, some incredible visuals, like Robert Patrick in the rain, and like just the mm-hmm. entire queen at the end, even mixed with the so-so CGI. Uh, I just, I think that like it's just a great 
fun, entertaining package all around. This is a nice, clean four scat pens for me. This was really fun. And this nice. is definitely something I'm going to be watching again in the future. Nice. Lovely. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's been at least a decade since I've seen this movie. And there were so many things that were just like, as right about before they were happening, like, oh, yeah, this is, this was a thing. This is a, a point. Uh, like I said, I, I remember the picking up Elijah Wood and slamming his genitals in a black hole. <laughs> um, that is so, so many, funny. <laughs> yeah, so many great performances. And, uh, you know, as we keep saying, lots of moving parts. It It is very well oiled. It doesn't really break down. I, I just, to you, I think you just want a, a more of a pin in certain threads that are brought up. Yeah. Uh, and I can understand that. It, it's just, you know, doesn't have the time. I'm sure a three hour cut of this movie would exist somewhere. I'm, I'm so bizarrely interested in the one character that was just like removed. Right. I want to know about this more is it yeah, like she's crystalia in army of the dead or whatever where they just they're gonna get tignataro <laughs> just the cgi over oh, and put great. a fence between them that'd be really f- oh my god no i i i'm right there with you greg i think four scat pins is just is is perfect it uh doesn't reach the highest levels of perfection but i have such a good time watching it yeah totally well, I think this is a, a unanimous vote here. I also give it Hell four scats. Hell yes. Four scat yeah. Right. yeah, it's such a fun movie. And I think it's, it is really well written. And it's the acting is great. It's just so fun. And same issues. Number one issue is Hartnett's hair, obviously. But the other issues, <laughs> you know, when we go into the ending and that it, it really could be a three three hour movie or it could be a a limited series event type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's great, and I'm, I'm glad we got to cover it. And we also got to throw back to Assimilation August. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, a nice reference on our end. This is a movie references past <laughs> sci-fi movies. We Pat ourselves the on the theme. back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, comment to the classic Assimilation August. Um, I, do, I also wanted to bring up, um, there is supposedly a good reference to this movie because of its like financial woes that it had like afterwards where it didn't quite make a splash. Supposedly, there's a reference to this in Cabin in the Woods. It's kind of debated what it's talking about, but there's a line in that movie where they talk about the chem department failure in 1998, which is supposedly a reference to this movie, not making enough money. Um, so I don't know how hmm. true that is, but... I don't know what other movies I could apply to. And people on Reddit seem convinced that it's uh, this movie they're talking about. Weird. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, Murph, please educate us, if you will, on what we are watching next week. All right. This was another one I watched way back in the day and have not seen in a long time. So we're going to see how how well it holds up. Uh, this is a 1993, I believe it is direct-to-video. I, no, there was a theatrical release, never mind. Uh, box office, $3.3 million, from 1993, right. directed by Bob Balaband, My Boyfriend's Back. 
Oh, right. I thought for a second you were saying the title, but I thought you were saying Bob Elman, my boyfriend. And I was like, whoa, whoa, big reveal here. I wish. <laughs> Martha's I dating wish. character actor Bob Balaban. Oh. Holy shit. Can you imagine <laughs> the dinner parties I'd get to go to? Yeah, right? Seriously. Uh, but this is exciting. I had never heard of this movie, so I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. It's I, I Yeah, wait. I had it on VHS. I watched a, a bunch back in the day. And when thinking about it, I was like, I, you know... I think there's a couple people that went on to be major stars and we'll get into it a lot more next right. week on the weekly podcast massacre. Uh, but please rate review, subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, we have email weekly podcast massacre at gmail.com, both Twitter and Instagram at weekly massacre. Hit us up. Let us know if you were a high school drug dealer if you ever had a relationship with an older teacher, if uh, you were maybe a jock and you did not want to be, you know, let us know. Yeah. Give us a, uh, yeah. Again, and, uh, please. please don't incriminate us. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Please. Thank you. Talk to the authorities first, but then you can email us. Yeah. Have your lawyer forward the, the, you know, <laughs> the court documents to us. Yeah. Well, and until next time, I'm not an alien. I'm discontent. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.